Hey, welcome to Your Voice Matters podcast. This fourth season is entitled Voices for Change. In this regard, I will interview different industry experts, business leaders and change makers. My guests use their voice and expertise to make the world a better place. Many of my guests were at some point my clients, others not, but all of them have an important message to share with the world. My guest today is Luis Parada. He's head of engineering at Farfetch, the largest platform for luxury fashion. He's also a coach for new leaders who are starting their journey on the management career path. Luis has a very interesting and diverse background. He worked across multiple industries, such as visual effects in films like Interstellar, oil and gas, 3D visualization to e-commerce. He strongly believes that a good team culture is the foundation for creating high-performance teams and high-quality products. Hi, Luis, and welcome to this podcast. Hi, Luis. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. You have a really interesting background. Uh, tell me more how you combine your knowledge in computer science with leadership performance. Well, it, it, it was a, a crazy journey, I have to admit. Uh, when I started, I really wanted to go to 3D and we really wanted to do 3D, but there was no 3D schools here in Portugal. So next best thing, computer science. Uh, I started there, computer science. I had a computer graphics course. And from that point on, I just, I got hooked in 3D and computer graphics. Uh, I went to this master's afterwards that was just a uh, computer animation. It was a, a master's in arts. If you know something about computer geeks, we're not the greatest artists. Uh, but then uh, I found out that there was um, another, I finished that one. And I found out there was another one in Bournemouth um, that was very computer uh, programming oriented. So there I went to Bournemouth and to live a brand new adventure. And that was it. So I started there doing the computer animation and visual effects MSc, um, which was amazing. And I got to combine all the programming and all the 3D. So I left Bournemouth, went to London to double negative. And this is where I started, where I started interacting with a lot of people. I started interacting with a lot of cultures. And that's where I started you know, falling in love with meeting people and talking to people. And I started as assistant technical director. What that meant was I talked to a bunch of people and asked them, what's your problem? How can I help? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was it. You, know, you start and start and start. Uh, by 2013, I was uh, kind of co-leading the technical part of a project. And when I went back to Portugal in 2014, I started a brand new team, and that, that was the beginning of it all. Um, based on the knowledge that I got from London, I started growing the team, and from that point on, I, I really got hooked. Uh, it was I really enjoyed talking to people and managing their careers, managing their aspirations. Even at the time, I remember letting them go and helping them find jobs elsewhere because that's what they were they were really wanting at the time. So, you know, from that point on, it's just a roller coaster that we, we keep on going. So uh, when you were in London, you were yeah. doing like project management, uh, kind of? No. Or no. In, in, what kind of? In London, <laughs> yes. Well, in London, I was blowing I'm stuff curious. up. Uh, so 
When tell me more. Friends, tell me more yes, about it. You, you, you can say that. Like, tell me. Explain yes, I, to our. It's it's listeners. interesting to to explain. Like, what did I do? I, well, I blew stuff up. Um, in in movies, if you take away all the visual effects, um, in a lot of cases, all you get is green screen. You know, you've, you've seen the green screen everywhere. Uh, and it's it's extremely expensive to do explosions, to do all the action sequences. So there are massive companies um, that their work is exactly that. They just replicate the real world in a virtual world and we just blow things up and it's it's awesome. Um, my job there was um, FXTD, which, mean, which meant in my area was basically rigid body simulation. So let's say you want to break a guitar, right? Well, you break the guitar and you have a thousand little pieces of the guitar, right? That was me. Now it's, imagine that you had a guitar with TNT inside. You had the guitar and then you had the explosion. The explosion wasn't me. I am a rigid bodice kind of guy. I, I want to see pieces go all over the place. Um, so you can see some of my stuff in Fast and Furious 6 at the time the airplane goes down, things flying all over the air. That's, that's kind of my stuff. Okay, and uh, what, what about the Interstellar? Interstellar, I worked on the Tesseract. Um, I worked on Interstellar um, before going to production. I was in pre-production phase, um, and I helped design and, well, more build the Tesseract based on the designs uh, at the time. So the, you had some people designing it, went to Christopher Nolan for acceptance, and then we designed the, the Tesseract, which was the those 4D, um, structures with books you know he was within the books and they had the time yeah, yeah yeah right and then our designs used to go to a factory and they actually built one of these bookcases so that was really awesome because you had Matthew McCogney in physical things that we were building uh, so that was interesting I will never see that movie again with the same eyes I will try yes. to figure out <laughs> what's what's behind the scenes it's, um, it's different yeah <laughs> No, and it's it's very fascinating, really. I'm actually reading this book about um, Pixar, um, Creativity Inc. I yeah. think so. It's the way yeah. you know a computer science started back in the 70s, and all the involvement of Steve Jobs in the in the company, yeah. and how interesting it is to you know to manage all these people that are involved in the, this kind of project. So definitely, as you said you started to have to speak with a lot of people to, you know, to ask what they, they need. And for sure that you said that that also uh, brought in you this, you know, uh, passion to also to speak with people. Yeah. So when actually you're interested in leadership started like formally, so you, you came back to Portugal in 2014 and then. Yeah. Well, uh, then I was the first one in a company building the 3d department. And we needed more people. And I got another one. Um, and then, then we got another one. And then we got another one. And then we got another one. And then the team just started growing. And I was really interested in ensuring that we could deliver. So because of, of let me go back a little bit. So back to London, it was high performance all the time. And you got people very close to burnout all the time. Like me, I was known for when the film ends, I'm going to be sick for three days because it was nonstop uh, work. A lot of pressure, and, uh, I, yes, I guess. I, yeah. It was. It, I remember films used to like 
10 a.m. on one day, it's a wrap. And then what am I going to do now? I have no idea. So all this pressure build up, and then all of a sudden, it's done. And when I came to Portugal, um, I wanted to have a different environment. Obviously, uh, when we work in, in arts, when we work in 3D, uh, we do do some crazy schedules. But I wanted people to be happy. I wanted people to maintain a long career. Um, and I wanted to create this sort of family environment with very, very good culture. And that's when I started reading more about it. Then we started um, doing more on agile and tried to do agile in, in 3D and arts is, is quite complex, but it, I tried it. And once I left uh, the company I was in, I then went to another one as a, a lead, now as a proper lead of a team of computer science, of engineers, sorry. And that's when I started putting into practice into teams that were very well uh, accustomed this whole thing of uh, agile, of sprints, of uh, um, daily stand-ups, retrospectives, all of that. Moving to Farfetch was really amazing because all of a sudden you are uh, used to doing this in a team of six, in a team of seven, and you're in a structure that at the time I think we were 3,000 and now we're over six or 7,000. It's it's mental in three or four years. Every growth. time that I update this information about Farfetch is always like exponential. <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's crazy, it's crazy. and. But it's, it's a good crazy because it also allows you to experiment things. We don't, like where I'm right now, uh, we're actually scaling up my, my department. And I was even telling my wife this the other day, I don't have this opportunity in a lot of places. Like, let's scale up. We need, we have a lot of work to do. We can scale up. Let's do this. And it's it's not linear. Scaling up is not just, oh, I have the money and let's hire. It's not as linear as that. Uh, mm -hmm. And it's good to be experimenting all of this, um, trying to reduce um, people leaving in, in an era that people leave. Because, <laughs> you know, the, every, everyone everyone's finding uh, jobs elsewhere and due to the, the remote, uh, new remote environment, things changed a lot. And from a leadership standpoint, it's really important to be able to define you know, a single line of thought and putting your personality in the kind of team that you're leading. Like yesterday, I was writing this text and it was basically that, like discover who you are, because if you're just reading stuff on books and then putting that into practice without putting your own little twist to it, mm -hmm. what good are you? You're a, you're a robot. It's like, keep up. You're doing nothing, right? And you need to find out what He's incongruent. makes you you. Yes. incongruent. It's, yes. It doesn't feel like you. Yeah. It doesn't feel like you at all. So the, you, you mentioned that there's a lot of challenge nowadays uh, for leadership. Uh, and you mentioned also the remote work. And we are definitely in an era where companies are adjusting, adapting to the post-pandemic. Uh, and so it's even more important to have these leadership skills developed so can people can you know uh, like the culture. And I think there's a, a also a misconception about if uh, the company itself, the you know the place is the culture or what is culture after all. So what is your opinion about what is culture? Right. Because this is a hot topic nowadays. It How is. do you build culture in a remote team? Okay, so 
<laughs> this isn't just a, a little bit we need, of a... we need a we need a four hour podcast for yeah, that. No, right. no, but uh, just just a short uh, your opinion on that okay so i think first the company needs to have the right values so the company needs to from from the leadership from top leadership down they need to say um we are good with remote meaning we are good with asynchronous communication that's so hard because you send a message to someone and you expect an answer like you would do in the office That's not how a sync works. You send a message to someone and eventually someone will, will answer. So you need to change your mentality a little bit. Then you need to let go of those chains saying, oh, people only work when they're in the office, when I'm looking at them, because if they're at home watching Netflix, they're not going to work. No, that's that doesn't happen like that. I like I grew up working, watching films and stuff because I can concentrate better. Uh, it depends on each, each person. And at the end of the day, you need to change your mindset from um, you're working X amount of hours to you're delivering X amount of value. Mm -hmm. that's, that's the thing. I think if, you, if you're able to change this, this, this mindset, it makes the whole, a whole difference. And then you get, you go a level down and you go like, okay, How can I do onboarding? Onboarding is so difficult when you go remote because when you're there, everyone goes out for coffee. You get to meet everyone in, in, together in the same room. And remote, you need to be able to have a lot of documentation written because people learn at their own pace and they're alone because you're not, you're not there with them all, this, all the time. And what's going to happen during, you know, from three to four o'clock, that person is there alone and really doesn't know what to do. You need to have, sorry, this onboarding process really, really oiled up and really well-defined. Reduce the amount of, of um, direct messaging or one-to-one or -one conversations because mm -hmm. you, what you're going to get there is, is information is going to be spread out really weirdly because you're going to say, I'm going to say something to you, but the other one over there doesn't know about this information. And then mm -hmm. maybe you're passing it, maybe you're not. And then all so of a sudden... The, the structure of communication has to be asynchronous when you are... Yes, you you yes, can't expect immediate uh, responses on Slack, on WhatsApp, on email. So that's what drives people nuts because you know, yes. having to respond and leads to burnout. At least from the leaders where I work with, they you know they all experience this. How can I engage people? How can I engage my team? How can keep them motivated? And you have to change, you know, the mindset when you, when you are working. Yeah, remotely. And, and you don't want to, it's, it's a double-edged sword because you don't want to seem like the person that doesn't reply at the same time. You don't want to seem like the person that's always replying and always working at any hour of the day, because once you get to a certain level, perhaps two or three levels above the team. So you have the leader, you have the manager, senior manager, head, whatever. What you think as something as trivial is no longer trivial is people think that's what you want them to do. You know, uh, at 10 o'clock at night, I pick up my phone and I see a message. I need to think twice before I'm replying because otherwise people might think, well, if that person is replying to messages at 10 at night, that probably means I should reply to messages at 10 at night as well. Mm -hmm. And it's the small things. The devil's in the details here. Yeah. Uh, you need to think carefully about how people are going to look into the action that you're doing at the time. Mm -hmm. So 
Yeah, then let's, let's jump for the topic of productivity because I think it's right. well connected to what we are uh, talking right now. So you you also focus on your training and your uh, also your videos in focusing how to improve productivity. Yeah. So first, uh, and in this reality where we live, what are the main distractors or what are the main uh, aspects that keep us you know in low productivity and how can we increase it? without, right. you know, being burned. <laughs> right. uh, I think we stopped owning our calendar and our calendar owns us. That was the main, my main realization in, in remote. So, okay, quick explanation. Before I noticed, I was doing a two-week uh, hiatus. So my, my calendar was blocked for two weeks, every week. That's mental. If you think about it, like uh, I was to work with you. So you want to talk to me? Okay, talk to me in three weeks time. I can't talk. I don't have time for it. Uh, and then I, I, you know, I changed the mindset and I said, okay, this, this is not working at all. So what I do is every day I go through this motion of reviewing my calendar, uh, actually denying meetings and saying, why are we having this meeting? Can't we do it? You know, uh, an email? message. Yes, <laughs> or, no, not, not email. Uh, not an email. It's a message. It's yeah. um, or reduce the time of meetings. Like I, I read somewhere that Gary Vaynerchuk does meetings in eight minutes. So for a time, I, I went to meetings. We're going to do this in eight minutes. And everyone, you're, you're crazy. But sometimes we could actually do it in 10 or 12 in meetings that were supposed to last 30 minutes. So that was a massive improvement. It's just staying focused and, and, and just going. Another thing that I do is I'm a bit of a freak here with calendar stuff. So I have a separate calendar called Real Week, which I, every 15 minutes I say I write what I did just so I understand what I'm putting my efforts in and my time in. That is good to, like, you get to the end of the day and say, I'm really tired. Obviously, you didn't take any breaks. So today. you you track you 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 yes. track all of the, the activities. Okay, that, that's yes. the first tip. But yes. it's so for for, for uh, some amount of time, or you do it every day for forever, like or just I, for to notice where you can reduce or negotiate. Yeah, so I I do it I do it every day, um, usually from eight thirty to seven seven o'clock. Say eight thirty in the morning to seven o'clock at night. Um, and the 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 idea there, so I have it alongside like a bullet journal and both of them together are the you know the secret the secret sauce so basically what i do is i i always write down every task that i have to do for the day i always write down my top three that was something that actually changed uh, the my, my output level so even though you have a bunch of stuff mm -hmm. write your top three what's the first thing that you can't live uh, without finishing today number two number three then i time block in the morning my entire day and I say, I'm going to be spending my time doing this, this, that, and that, ensuring that all of my tasks are there. Otherwise you immediately have a problem, right? Mm -hmm. So if you don't have space to do the things that you have in your to-do list, it's not going to work. Um, and then throughout the day, I start revisiting and go adjusting uh, as I go along. It's a little bit of a crazy, crazy mode. I know. It's iteration while we go. <laughs> you iterate. I, I, always I always have the calendar here. 
I always have my calendar. I it, like I used to I used to say in my life, if it's not in the calendar, it's not happening. It doesn't exist. Let me reinforce, but let me reinforce that strategy of having heavy every task on the calendar is actually what I'm doing this year in 2022. I don't have a to-do list anymore. I just I don't have it. If I have something that I have to do, I do I go immediately to my calendar and I book like 15 minutes to do it or half an hour or the amount of time that I think I, I need to do it. And it's it's working. We are in, you know, for now in the second quarter of the, the, the year. And definitely it's it's working for me. So you have to be sure that the amount of tasks you have, they fit in your calendar, but also you, you talked about uh, high priority. And so we have the three things. We also have that book, it's called One Thing, uh, which is also a very yeah. good book for those who don't know. Just one big thing that is 80% of uh, maybe the things that you need to get done, they are just in one task and an important and a uh, very important task. If you do that, your life, your work will be better, you know, the next day, uh, because sometimes we focus on small tasks just to feel accomplished. Like, oh yes, I do a lot of things, but by the end of the day, you are exhausted and you didn't do anything important. Yeah. You know, yeah. that contributes just, to... Let me just add one little trick as well. If you're starting to feel like you're get, going through the day and not accomplishing anything really relevant, start doing um, like a journal at the end of the day of the achievement list. That to me made such a massive difference. Like there was a time during those two week scenarios where I had the calendar book that I said, I used to say to myself, I'm only going to meetings. That's it. That's my life. I go to meetings and I talk. And I, I used to, I, at the time I felt a bit meh. So I read about this, um, about doing an achievement list. So you get to the end of the day and say, I did not only go into meetings, but I also did this. I fixed that problem. I fixed that problem. I fixed that problem. Mm-hmm. And it just kind of motivates you and helps you, you know, start the engine to, to, to be happier there. And so be a, more a list of problems you solved, not exactly li- what you do to solve them. Like yes, a list of yes. things so that you accomplished. Instead, instead of having a, a list of, this is the things I'm going to have, I'm going to, have to do tomorrow. Or because if you think about it, to-do lists, you're set to failure because yeah. you are set, you you either scratch it all, or if you use one of the applications, you basically you are only left with your failures for the day, the ones that you couldn't complete. So let's turn this around. And basically you say, okay, but I did this, this, that, and that. And at the end of the day, you say, okay, I didn't feel like accomplishing that much, but apparently I did. And you just failing the list. <laughs> That's a, a failing list. list. Yeah. yeah, but it to is. Lists are a failing list. Yeah, for sure. And uh, every day they add more tasks. So you yeah. never end that that story. Um, so yeah, this is this is very, very interesting nowadays. I think everyone wants to be more productive, do more in less time. And there are so many theories. I think we are, of course, we have all to to find out what's work, what works best for us, also because we work. Uh, we perform better in different times of the day, depending if you are more, more a morning person or, or not that much. Um, but you uh, started to uh, have the, um, the need or maybe you wanted to share this with more people. So it's just a passion that you had. You, you were already leading a lot of people and you were helping new leaders to have also uh, develop leadership skills. And so you decided to have a blog and also a YouTube channel, right? So how does that happen? Um, well, that happened during the pandemic. Uh, I, I always thought about the blog and I think I had one 
prior to to COVID, but it never really picked up. Uh, going into the pandemic, I started feeling quite isolated, like I think most of us did. Um, I, I am a very, I need people. I need to talk to people. Yeah. Otherwise, I started you know, itching. Uh, and I started going more into YouTube and seeing a lot of guys that from, from mainly from visual stuff like Peter McKinnon, uh, Ali Abdal as well, um, Frank Thomas. And they were very um, entertaining, but also educational. And I started trying to find leadership stuff, but in the same format. And I said, okay, this, this doesn't exist yet. Um, I said, okay, what about if I started something? And then um, there was this, this video by Sean Cannell, I think. And they were like, oh, if you want to do this, stop overthinking it and just do it. Don't overthink it. Record it, put it up, and then, then, then it's done. The first one is done. Because I was for like two or three weeks, I was thinking, okay, I don't have the, the right lighting. That's the problem with working in the industry, is because you then know, oh, what kind of the, the pixel stuff that I'm going to use, what, what resolution, what, what's the microphone, what's the light, what's this? Exactly, and, and that I, that that make, makes you feel stuck. You know that you don't have the right equipment at all, yes. the right lighting, it's the best microphone, the best it's camera. Paralysis by analysis. Uh, analysis so, paralysis. Yeah. Yes, uh, and and yeah, it was like a Tuesday at lunchtime. I saw that film, that that, that YouTube clip. And I said, "Screw it, I'm going to do it." <laughs> and I just recorded something. I don't remember if it was my phone, if it was my camera. Quick edit, boom. YouTube, it's live. And I said, okay, it's done. It's, it's done. done. It's done. It's done. Um, and then from that point, I just started experimenting. I know where I want to get to. I'm still not there. Uh, there's a lot of, you put your personality into it. And I, I, my personality is still a bit freaky, freaking some stuff. So I, I, it, it's a very, it's a very serious thing, uh, leadership. And And I'm not serious at all. So I'm, I'm it's, it, it's also different from being serious from being formal. So yes. some, some people mistake this. I, I see this in a lot of my clients that, oh, this is, but this is a very serious, uh, very, very formal uh, presentation. And, uh, you know, if you are any topic, you can do it informally. You can do it in a natural conversational way. You don't have to be stiff, you know, oh, well, now I'm going to be very serious. And if you are not, it doesn't, like it sounds in your voice that you are not being natural. So many people struggle with serious topics and so the formal, I should be more formal. And yeah. so exactly, you must be interesting, not formal. Yes. So <laughs> I am, I, I Right now, I am still struggling with not putting sound effects and, and really <laughs> weird clips um, because, you know, I, I grew up watching basketball, watching wrestling, watching crazy things that happen all the time. And this is what I want in my videos, but I'm still, I still have that barrier I need to cross. So once you see a video of me, you know, with weird sound effects and, and things, but talking about one-on-ones uh, and talking about career management, because At the end of the day, and I think this is what the, the IT revolution of the past 10 years did, is you're getting you know, non-formal people. You don't need to wear a tie to be leading teams. right? You don't need to wear all formal stuff. Mm -hmm. um, and you get 
people like you and me. And and we're you don't need to go very square, isn't it? Like yeah. used to say square. Uh, and and that's that's the barrier that that's the line that I want to 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 make it disappear is you can be crazy as hell, but still manage teams and like um, leader and uh, yeah yeah mm-hmm. you see Musk mm-hmm. oh Musk is, is, is mental at times <laughs> isn't it and you know he's, he's, he's a good leader there I think he has a quite aggressive approach to meetings uh, but <laughs> <laughs> it works it works on him. <laughs> <laughs> pretty pretty scary but why why not um yeah so also how how did you apply so you were saying that you would love to have your videos like the visual effects the perfect yeah. lighting and this of course comes from your your background uh in all the visual effects but one thing is what you want and the other thing is the time you have <laughs> yeah. Yeah. so i remember that the first time we we talked you wanted to you know to be more productive to not don't waste so much time you know recording the video so how was the journey for you to be more productive in your own videos and the content you deliver and what are the tricks that you are now using that you can share with people sure so before uh, so full, full disclaimer i was a student of Ines. Uh, and when I joined uh, her one-to-one courses, uh, coaching more, 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 more exactly, coaching is not courses. Um, I was spending so much time recording. Oh my god! Like uh, I wanted to, I, I used to do like a two-minute challenge. Obviously, a two-minute challenge, you get like eight minutes, you then crunch it down to to two minutes. But you take three hours to record those eight minutes because something wasn't right, and then that that wasn't right, and then. I used to spend an entire afternoon to record a single video. And that that kind of led me to a path I wasn't really enjoying. I wasn't enjoying the videos anymore. And, and that's that's not good because I was doing that and I'm still doing that as like a side hustle. So I have my job at Farfetch and when that ends, you know, I, I, I go do my thing. Um, I have a little girl. And I obviously want to spend time with, with her, but she can't be here while I'm filming. Uh, so the door is shut. I want to to improve my productivity there. And just for the hours that I was putting in, I want to take them out. And some of the stuff that we we worked on from script writing to the way that I was saying the content and, and, and just, just putting the, 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 the information out there, that changed drastically throughout, what, eight? eight? Eight lessons, right? We we, we yeah. got together eight times, eight times, mm-hmm. and it, it was progressively better. And it was really really interesting to see, like what I do right now. So before I didn't write the script, I didn't write anything. I knew the topic, and then I started recording. And then I didn't like my sentences. I liked like this, this, that, and that. And time just just flew by. Now I I attack it from a very very structured approach. Um, what I do is I prepare scripts or, or bullet points, but more scripty, no, no, not so much bullet points, uh, for like five or six videos. And then I, so I prepare everything, you know, before going to bed a little bit, uh, during break another bit, and I, I just bulk things up. I'm going to record, cool. I'm, I'll shut the door for an hour, and that's it, I'm going to record. Um, and I record all of them in one go. And one thing that I notice is I now record in two times. So I only use two takes for this. The first one, I go through the entire thing. 
um, like it, if it's great, it's great. It's relatively spare, then it's great. But uh, I go through the entire thing and I find how long is this going to take? Is there any sentence that I, I can't really say in one breath? Um, is there something that I need to you know, be more higher volume, lower volume, that kind of stuff? That's on the first take. I do all my annotations. Boom. Second take, it's done. And then I do five or six in one hour. So let's go back. I used to do one in an entire afternoon. And now I do five or six in one hour. Just I, I spend more time doing subtitles and adjusting subtitles. And I use a program for this that does all of that for me. But probably I have a weird accent. Um, but adjusting subtitles, creating descriptions, uploading the videos. I spend more time doing that than I do recording. And that was the biggest change for me. Time to delegate those tasks. <laughs> <laughs> to, I'm still not there. <laughs> to achieve, to, to, to gain in, in even more time. And it's what you say, I think everyone that's here, that someone who is listening to this and ever try to do a video, it's so difficult. And the shorter it is, the difficult it is because you need to be comfortable with a lot of things. First, you don't like your voice. Then you don't like the lighting. Then you don't like the, your hair. Then you like you don't like, you know. I don't have hair. <laughs> we can't or, see that. Okay, you, you, are, you are bold. <laughs> I'm bold like an eight ball. Yes. <laughs> But there are these things that distract you from the, the, the most important task, who is, you know, sharing your voice, your vision, your ideas with the world. But of course, we, we get stuck in all these details. And then you ask feedbacks from someone from your family. And all with all the good intentions, someone says something that reinforces that the, good is, the video is not good enough. So then you don't post the video. So I, I guess there's in the world so many people with unpublished you know, videos yes. and published yes. podcasts. And so I, yeah, my mission is really to, I'm using an expression of a friend, unmute people that want to, yeah. to share all these good ideas. And I also know that your project is thriving and you are now oh, with you. a new website. So yes. where can people find you? Right. So you can find me on a leadersmindset.com. Uh, what I do there. So right now I'm putting all the blog there and I have the newsletter, Leaders Mindset as well. It goes out monthly. Um, and right now I'm focusing my work to people starting their leadership journey. Uh, this is quite a daunting journey at times, especially when you're moving from a developer and now all of a sudden you're leading your colleagues. Um, you get to feel a lot of imposter syndrome. Um, side note, we all feel imposter syndrome every now and then. It's part mm -hmm, of it. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> For the videos, for example, oh my god! So <laughs> I, I so had weird. it for my podcast in the beginning, like oh my gosh, I will have a podcast, then I will have to, you know, to buy a new microphone, and then if uh, <laughs> what if uh, you know all the things like oh, what if the voice is not good enough, or the audio, or the, the you know the guest doesn't want to show up? Like, come on, yeah, shut up! <laughs> like, yes, this post. no one cares. No one. No cares. one cares. I don't yes. care. I yes, that's it. Like I, I remember. That, you know, I think it's 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 the small things that make you you know change your your mindset. And to me, it was two things. First one, do it, just do it. Don't don't think about it. Do it. And the second one is all of your self doubt, all of the I don't like my voice. I don't like this. I don't. Like no one cares. No one cares. No one cares. <laughs> And that was it. Once you realize that, you're like, okay, if no one cares, no one cares. I can I can do whatever I want yeah. there. Yeah. It's um, important for you to feel comfortable with it. Yeah, and I think yeah. there's where coaching really helps to be comfortable with your own flaws, your, yeah. you know, your, 
your personality. It's to bring the best of you to your, you know, to be authentic and to really get, you know, the, the messages across as you want. But we have definitely a lot of ghosts and, you know, imagination things, imaginary yeah. things that we think that, oh, people will think about this and that, and they will not think that. You know, they will appreciate your content. They will appreciate the generos generosity to share, you know, what you know. And of course, I, I, I know, you know, I'm a vocal coach. I know that voice is really important. But the content is even more important that you share it. If it's not with the perfect voice at the beginning, it's okay. Even the perfect voice isn't so interesting. So at least do it and uh, improve later or keep yeah. improving. It's not something that you will, you know, be perfect and then start publishing. It's it's not effective that that way. And, and honestly, I I found in, in myself a lot of things changed this this past year doing doing this. The way that I communicate in my daily basis, uh, the way that I structure my my thoughts, uh, the way that I kind of lost a little bit the the, the barrier of I don't feel comfortable is you you get you start getting used to things that before you you weren't. Um, and then I I can say it's it's been a wonderful experience. But yes, uh, we, I, we're still not there. I think everyone has. Uh, a vision of where they want to be new uh, challenges new yes. new goals yes there's there's that's, always, that's good and that's healthy it, it yeah. is it is it is the journey you know it never stops it never stops you because if you, if it stops it's it's not fun anymore because you don't have anything to do right exactly and you don't enjoy yeah. Luis, i also know that people can find you on linkedin where yes. that's, um, yes. that's a network that you use a lot a so, lot. or through the website or through LinkedIn, please yeah. get in touch with uh, Luis Parada. Luis, thank you so much for being thank here you, to you share all. your tips and strategies you, for Ines. leadership and productivity. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode. Did you like it? If so, feel free to spread the word. To discover more about vocal coaching, you can visit my website, voicepowerleadership.com, or contact me through LinkedIn, Facebook, or Instagram. And always remember, your voice matters. <laughs>